All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Live Your Dreams podcast. My name is Joe Gowalis, alongside my fantastic co-host, Chris Victor. We are very, very excited today. We have an amazing guest that's coming on board. He is someone who legitimately follows his dreams with a passion every day. This guy can do it all. He's a successful multi-award-winning recording artist, music supervisor, executive soundtrack producer, and on top of all these accolades, this man is an entrepreneur. He created a highly successful radio station, I Am Etc. Radio, brought to you by BMP Beats One and iHeartMedia. Please welcome to the Live Your Dreams podcast, etc. How you doing today, hey, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you doing? Fantastic, fantastic. Very well. Thank you for the time out. We know you're real busy. You got a lot of great stuff going on. We, we appreciate you coming on today. Of course, of course, of course. You know, man, you you have so many fantastic accolades. I mean, really, yeah. you, you, you've touched so many parts of the business, inspire a lot of people. What inspired you? What inspired et cetera to get into this business and start breaking in when you were a younger guy, kind of saying, this is what I want to do with my life? Um, you know, growing up um, in Crown Heights, you know, you you exposed to a whole bunch of things. I had a lot of positive, um, positive um, images that I, I grew up in. Then, you know, like any other kid, you have positive and negative. And, you know, there's always the negative that is piercing through because everyone, you know, you know, nature is always to go with the negativity first. And I looked at it from a standpoint where I used to go visit my cousins and we were just talking about this the other day and I saw a lot of things that, I didn't want to do. So what happened was, um, I was a, I was an introvert, you know, I introvert, I'm using my SAT words while we on this <laughs> meeting. So I was an introvert. So I wrote a lot of poetry to express myself and my poetry turned to, you know, um, like my whole image of who I was, it was my story. And I didn't grow up listening to hip hop. I grew up listening to country Western music. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So like my favorite artist, you know, everybody has a Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, but my favorite artist was Glenn Campbell. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a couple of joints and I know most people know him for this song, Rhinestone Cowboy. Um, he just passed away a couple of years ago. So, um, and I thought that, you know, country music was based on stories and storytelling. So that's what basically what got me into it. That's how I spoke to females, um, basically, because I wasn't a drum machine. They just had a guitar. I had, you know, banging on the table. So I would talk to women like that, you know, just banging. So um, they thought I was corny. Yeah, <laughs> but it was effective. And um, and then that turned into my um, love for, like, hip-hop. I started listening to hip-hop back when like I think LL did bad and then they introduced yeah. me to um you know all the other stuff and in my uncle's basement he reminded me he used to um play music with these guys they were called at the time the disco three and then they ultimately were named the fat boys oh wow um, and I was like holy crap what's that and then you know not knowing because you're such a young kid you didn't know what was going on I was introduced to hip hop later and, you know, I said, I, I could try this and I didn't really like being in front of people. So I used to write these little rhymes and see if they'll match. You know, I used to write it and record it and play it for myself. And, you know, then I got up the nerve and, you know, sort of like the rest is kind of like history. Um, I, I was introduced to a gentleman 
in high school. His name was, um, they called him DJ Self One. And he introduced me to a group called the PCK Posse. You know, back then it was like all the posses and the, you know. So, um, and then we started doing music in the, in the basement. And I was doing it by myself because I didn't want to do it with people. And then people was like, yo, who's that kid? Who's that? And, you know, that's that kid up there on Crown Street on the other side of Eastern Parkway. Wait a minute. He's nice. But I didn't think so. So, you know, that turned into me ghostwriting for people because I wasn't ready to be an artist. So what, what really did it mean for music is when people looked at me differently for my art instead of looking at me, you know, how they do now. Like the art is what made me pull myself out. And I figured, you know, if this is my form of expression, I'm going to run with it. It was my only way. And then, you know, then it was, then it turned to a way not to turn to any other like illegal things or negative things to like, you know, make my, make my mom's like nervous. So between that, cause I was in the house all the time. She was scared to let me go outside to play um, tag on the corner. Sure. So, you know, she was like, you can't play tag. I said, Mara, we live on a tree line block. We live around, um, people of, you know, prestige and like all around us, you know, we were in a neighborhood that was very secure. My dad was college, it was right up the block. However, my mother's vision of the world was what was on TV. Sure. So, and you know, I'm a young African-American boy. It was like, no, no. Even my grandmother, my great grandmother named me. She named me with a non-African-American quote unquote name because she didn't want me to be stereotyped. And I think that's the reason why, you know, back somewhere in my mind, I kept the name, et cetera, because it doesn't define a person. It defines an art. So that's what made the et cetera name come out because I had a partner. We were grouped as et cetera. That was DJ Self, but they start calling me et cetera because of the style and the definition of et cetera. So you, it was like, it was just me. So what brought me to music to answer your question was being shy and people view. I was afraid of people viewing me for a skin color, a sex, a race. I wanted them to view me for talent instead of anything else. That is, that is incredibly well put and such a, such a power and such a statement to how powerful music is. It transcends. Yeah so much and that's why i I still think i think music is the most powerful medium that is out there in any art form you know anybody can appreciate music it can be so relatable to any culture to any group of people it doesn't matter where you're from music always speaks to the heart people can always relate to music over anything else now you start breaking into the music business you start getting into it more as an artist right now you're out there you start doing your thing you start to get a little bit of confidence and you are a multi-award winning artist. You have been very successful in what you're doing. Really? No, no, no. I mean, you have. You have been very great at what you do. Zara, take me into that, right? Now you start doing your thing, and now you start winning awards. Does that shyness still kind of come out a little bit at that point? Are you saying, all right, I'm confident in who I am as a musician, as an artist? Or are you still saying, you know what, I, it's still going to seem a little nervous? Well, um, to, to, to rewind a little bit, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a writer first. Like I'm, I'm a writer first. Like I, I write poetry. I write songs, um, and yes, all of that from tours to 
award shows to interviews like now, I get nervous because I don't perceive me like other people perceive me, mm. right? I look at myself as I'm just Sean, right? People look at me like I was in a studio and my engineer told me, um, I know I've been knowing you for years. Um, and I was like, yeah, we cool. We like really, like he has, his name is Cuss. He's done every artist from like, engineered every artist from Mary J. Blige, Keisha Cole, Christina Aguilera, you know, I mean, everybody. And he's like, you don't, I know you don't see it. And I've known you for a long time. You don't see it, but you're a celebrity. You may not see it, but you're a celebrity. When you walk out, people turn. When you walk out, people want your signature. When you walk out, people want to take pictures with you. When you walk out, people turn. I don't see it that way. I'm still a kid from Brooklyn. Yeah. People turn. I'd be like, yo, yo, what's going on? We got to get up out of You know, yeah, that I still get nervous. I get nervous every time I walk on the stage. I get nervous every time I write a song. That's why um, it takes me a little bit to write songs because I'm very detailed. You know, I got, you know, I'm a little OCD when it comes to music. Like, I think music is permanent and it no matter what you say over a course of the years people quote my verses people write my verses on their arms tattoos yeah. so if i write some foolishness i don't want foolishness being permanently tattooed on somebody's arm i don't want foolishness to being permanently tattooed you know when they type in song lyrics and you be like what did you mean by that so i'm very detailed and i'm very school orientated because I, you know, I use music to go to school. And now I use music to transcend across the world. Like, I never thought music would be this long. Yeah. However, I never thought I would be as multi-diverse as I am. Because I deal with certain artists, I deal with certain people. And one thing I do is I'm, I say what I do and I do what I say. And I'm very honest and true. And people like, being like that, you're gonna, um, you're not gonna last long. Well... Yeah about a million records later, talk yeah. to me about that. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah. um I I believe in honesty and one of the things that my 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 mantra that no one really knows but people know is humility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you are always such a humble person anytime we speak to you and always straightforward, but always, always respectful, direct, really, it's such a rarity in any form of the, especially the entertainment business, to find somebody like that with your integrity. That's terrible, Joe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? I mean, and then you see, you know, again, music starts to transcend you across different types of the genre, the yeah. entertainment business, and now you're finding yourself not only as a multi-award-winning artist in your like direct field, now you're getting involved with music supervision. You're getting involved with creating soundtracks for films. It brings you into yeah. the world of film. How did you get about doing that? Because that's fascinating. You have a lot of credits under your belt at this point. Well, one of the credits I have to say is for this, this incredible movie called Bare Knuckle Brawlers, right? <laughs> this incredible movie. And, I, and I'll jump around, but I want to use this movie. It was it, it was it was an amazing movie by this gentleman named Joe Gralis. You know, he um <laughs> he gave me the opportunity to do this soundtrack for this movie and the source music. And the funny thing about this thing is I I went with all 
rock and alternative music. And that's what sort of, I've always loved rock and alternative. My first record I did with a, called City of Churches with a gentleman named UG, that stayed on the chart for 37 weeks. Yeah. Right? And it was one of the, it, you know, I'm not one to say, oh, went this, is soulless. Because everybody respects, everybody always respects finance and they respect the process. So if you know, you don't know what it took for it to go this this, this level of status of record. So I'm letting you know, it stayed on the chart 37 weeks, you figure it out. But with a song I did called Brawler, it was like one of the most highest stream records. What happened was it was rec- it was recognized by the Academy, the Oscars. Yep. That's and absolutely. Two, a couple of weeks later, I called up and I said, Joe, guess what? And he was like, why? I said, I want this movie, this this song they want to they want to put and they want to put for consideration for Oscar. However, I need this movie, and we we you know I know Joe, you know the story, but I'm saying it loud. Ben Uncle Brawlers, we went through the whole rigmarole. I gave Joe you know all the information. And we crammed it in. Unfortunately, we didn't make the um, we didn't make the cut because of the time frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However. I still got the letter saying that we love the song. We consider it for any anything you do from this point on can be submitted. As long as you're part of it, it can be submitted for an Oscar. Like, awesome. that was huge to me. Like, I was the biggest, happiest disappointment I've ever had in my life. That's fantastic. Like, holy <laughs> crap. Right? And it was all because of a film and an opportunity. And... I could have said, you know what, forget it. But I've extended that opportunity because that also extends to Joe. That whatever he does from this point on, if I'm involved or not, can be extended for Oscar consideration. That's awesome. And I know he didn't know that, but I was waiting. But they gave me the whole letter and everything. And then with that, they gave me a film distribution deal, knowing in the combination of it. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm very truthful. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) <laughs> However, I wasn't going to say no. Sure. So yeah. I formed this company. A, de- a derivative of Idol Music Group was a company that I had to form because the diversity of writing music, doing soundtracks, you had to form something. So I also formed Idol Media Group as a sub- subsidiary of it. And um, now I have Idol Media Group, and I put all of the film and television stuff underneath that. Now, so... And that Oscar goes along with my accreditations. So I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Yep. And I have two of the largest platforms from Grammys to Oscar, at least mentions in both worlds. And it seems like it goes a long way. Are you kidding me? That That is as well-deserved as, as can be. I mean, congratulations. Thank you again, really. You are incredible, yes. really. Everything you have accomplished, it blows me away. Everything you do is is really, a, you, you're above and beyond all the music you make and, and just your integrity is always fantastic. I'm trying. Just thank you. I really do appreciate it. For for every one song that you get, it's about 50 songs that's sitting on the cutting room floor. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm very, they, they can't stand me sometimes. They're like, yo, that song is hot and that's not hot enough. That song is dope. It's not dope enough. That song is incredible. It's not incredible enough. Well, and, and that shows because you have that, you have that, you, you give yourself a parameter where you want to be as good as you can be. You're not going to half-ass it. You want to do it right. That's important because as soon as you give up that artistic integrity, 
it goes downhill from there, I always think. You know, as yeah, it, does. it really does. It does. And if you, no matter what movie it is, it could be a independent movie to a major movie. I'm going to give it as if it, they're all the same platform. They're all major movies to me. Because um, uh, there was a movie, and I'm not going to say the name of it. Um, a former, my former manager told me, um, you shouldn't do that movie because it has a certain lifestyle of people in it. And I was like, I would love to do it. It says, no, it would, it would kill your, it would, it's an independent movie. There's no budget. They're not going to give you a lot of money. Uh, I was like, okay, so what is it? I turned it down. I said, why are you turning it down? I said, I want to do it because I saw the script and I was like, script is dope. Yeah. And it was an independent movie. I was like, okay, you don't want me to do it. He said, no, I already turned it down. Let's go into the next movie. I said, okay, I'm sitting and the movie was Moonlight. Oh shit! Yeah, right. and I said, and that's the independent movie that won an Oscar. Yeah, so I was like, and he looked at the screen. It was like, I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, and then it's like, and they said we wanted you to do the movie, but your manager said no. And I was like, I didn't. I mean, it's nothing you could really say because it's like he's supposed to be a manager as your representative. But he did it for all the wrong reasons. And I was like, he represented me at the time. But I was like, it, it is what it is, man. So um, then I got another manager. He was cool. Then, But it was it was kind of like crazy because uh, I don't do movies based on their budget. I do movies based on I know how long this movie will probably last or what it would mean. And, you know, credits. I've done, you know, I've done movies where they paid me a significant amount of money and the movie never went anywhere. Yeah. You know, major movies. I'm like, what do you want? Something that's going to come out and at least make a statement or something that's going to just be big budgeted and sit somewhere. So I didn't, I don't really feel in my heart that you make music, you run after finances because, you know, people always chase money. Money's always going to keep running. You're right. Right. So, and if you really who you say you are, money will always come. Because nobody knows you. Right. Because I'd rather get um, 10% of a billion dollars than 100% of nothing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, you know, I don't I don't judge people on that. Even my features. But one of my requirements is that, you know, I know what they, what, what they, what they, what they charge for me to do a feature. But one of my requirements on my own is that the song at least comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You, it's a lot of people I know that's getting paid all this money to do features and no one never heard of it. But then I know people that are now getting paid even more money because they've done 15 songs that, that are out there that you can Google and that you can see and they can hear the transition or the creativity of the individual and they hired them for this, hired them for that. And number one, I don't know if you could curse on here. You can curse, yeah, go ahead. All right. You just can't be an asshole in the same breath either. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Don't be an asshole. That, I think you know. that's the best advice you can give somebody right there in this business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that goes, goes a long way. I mean, it yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes yeah. good advice. Are you yeah. kidding me? Uh, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't be. I, don't, I'm, I try to be as easy going. And, you know, I just clear expectations um 
And what's crazy is I do a lot of features for outside groups, but like my friends, they don't, I don't do features on their records. They don't allow me. Hmm. And they said, we can't afford you. I said, huh? I'm, I said, have I ever asked you for anything? They're like, no, but we know we can't afford you. I'm like, okay. I mean, I feel hurt, but I'm like, wow. I don't know. And I, it's not that I ask for anything from anyone. I don't ask for anything. I just ask for the credit and the accreditation because sure. I don't think you should chase money from individuals. And I've I've never lived my life like that. I've um I've um, got money from corporations. I was the well for two years. I was the um the poster individual for Lamborghini Champagne. They approached me in a Grammy party. Um, and I was co-signed by a gentleman. Um, they call him the check finder. Um, <laughs> a really good guy, really, really good guy. Um, and he, um, he said that guy would be perfect. And they were like, okay. I mean, we talked for a little while. I didn't really know. And then he told me that he was the spokesperson for Lamborghini Champagne. They were the, um, he was the regional director, not knowing he yeah. was actually one of the vested, um, vested interest in it and after that it was rest was like history i he was like i don't know how to you know put this forward i know they were kind of like nervous in reference to how to put because it was myself um jerry wonder from white club mm -hmm. um team and nick cannon yeah so they were like um so you know i'm in good company um you know i had like the gold black tan bottle nick had the the more echelon. Um, Jerry Wonder says he owns a, a studio, Platinum Sounds, you know, that's his mantra. He had the Platinum bottle. But I said, how am I going to sit with the Fugees and then sit with Nick Cannon? So I said, guess what? I'm going to, since I'm a marketing person, like I do marketing, marketing has brought me to high, higher levels or heights in my career just because I knew how to market something. Um, and myself, um, I marketed my own Lamborghini. They just oh, ran with it. So all the ads you see, I created. The nice. local billboards is them. I didn't, of course, I didn't do that. But um, the the ads I created, the way it's set up, the way the platforms in which we I did the promotion for it, um, I helped with that, and it actually put it into stores like Total Wines and yeah. um, Empire Merchants is a distributor now, and it's like so worldwide and that was mainly you know i got a piece of that yeah and yeah so i've been a part of that whole process and that's you know and you know i figured you know you know when your time is up i sort of like pull back and i say you know i'm done and you don't hear from it anymore i'm like whoa you're supposed to keep that up guys what's going on <laughs> but you know it, and i realized that's how i realized how instrumental i was in the process so i was like wow that made me feel good. I was the, I was the one, the only African American that was on billboards and advertising. If you wow. Google yeah. Lamborghini Champagne, my ads pop up. So I put that champagne that was by this major corporation, but not for liquor, on a map because I brought it to light. There's a reason for that. There's a reason that you know they call you. They call you because number one, just like you said, you're not an asshole. Yeah. Number two. You're very, um, you're very like, um, diverse, you're universal. Yeah. 
you don't, you don't, you are caught in a box. And number three, women love you. I'm like 85% of my audience is women, which I'm trying never to change. <laughs> right. But my audience is now between like, um, white women, um, LGBTQ, Latin, you know, sort of that nature. So my audience has grown diverse in the past five years. And it's, you know, so with that being said, I touch a larger market than I've touched five years, six years ago because of music. Like um, my last album, Character, was followed up by a song with Tory Lanez, was followed up by another song with Kaya Jones from the Pussycat Dolls, yeah, yeah. was followed up by another song, Be Way Up, that became like a platinum, uh, uh, a, a staple for like um, a Valley Girls and you know, parties. Then I dropped one with Trisha Covington, which I brought it back with By Your Side, with that became like the the new um, Mary and Meth record, um, All I Need. And I don't think you got a lot of play because of COVID, but we're re-releasing this whole project and then I'm doing a new album. Then I've done movies in between there. Sure. I've even submitted to like the Transformers, Flash. I do a lot of Marvel. Sure, I yeah. Pam, right, I did Pam Mr. McGetty. Which yeah, I mean, yeah, on that soundtrack, it was myself, Kaya Jones, Misha, Kanye West, Tony Williams, and I did the whole thing. Like I licensed all of those people.